Hello, everybody. Sam here. Just a reminder to continue to bring in your winter clothing, bus tickets, sleeping bags, all that kind of stuff for the Sanguine Van Christmas Drive that is ongoing this month, and we will still be collecting right up until Christmas. So just please keep bringing that stuff in. We've managed to take in three whole bins so far, which is awesome, and uh, we just want to keep that up. The views and opinions expressed on the cast are those of the people expressing them and may not necessarily represent the views of our church. With that being said, enjoy the show. Last week, we covered uh, Genesis, um, you know, the different kinds of creationism or theistic evolution, just some of our views on that, some of the the complexities and some of the issues at play there. Mm -hmm. Um, I did want to examine a bit more just kind of this Western, this American sort of fundamentalism that that does lead to this really aggressive... um, commitment to like young earth creationism or even even some of the things around the end times like the rapture um some of that stuff like where where does that come from that's what i've been trying to figure out kind of you know that that is a a question and a half why why is it that particularly in like it's it's really conservative kind of evangelical circles where this Mm -hmm. is a big thing because the roman catholic church like you know, they don't do sola scriptura. They don't really care about this stuff. They they're mostly <laughs> on board with like, you know, some degree of evolutionary acceptance or accepting that theory. Um, they don't really do the rapture or even much as far as like tribulation and. That yeah, the rapture is a very modern, like 150, 200 year old, um, theological. Um. What's the right word? Um, stream, we'll say. I guess it just sort of kind of it's very it's very new, yeah. Um, in in the sense of like a dispensational, you know, pre-trib, all that stuff, you know, left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you'd have to take into account the persecution of the church for two thousand years, and somehow think that America is like the center of that. And yeah. It's like, yeah, probably not. But um, well, there there is a. From what I understand, this is the readings of guys like Dallas Willard, N.T. Wright, um, even some podcasts of William Lane Craig, some big thinkers who kind of tell the story of history, right? And Mm -hmm. a lot of the modern American, what would be North American, obviously Canadians included in that, um, we've talked about a few different times in in different ways, but it's it's very kind of reactionary theology, Right. Yeah, that's um, what it feels like for sure. Well, it's it's kind of the thing that if you track the history right, if I'm telling the story right, which I think that I am, um, but there there's a word there's there's a book um, I think it's called The Last Word by N.T. Wright that gets into this a little bit. Um, there's a podcast actually by N.T. Wright all about like inerrancy and the biblical interpretation on his podcast that 
basically a lot of the, the the modern definitions of what we call inerrancy because i think that that term it obviously has a weightiness to it that different times in history would you know mean different things but mm-hmm. um is in, in, at least in in his mind in seeing the his, historicity of how theology develops a kind of a reaction to to rationalism and anti-faith uh, out of the enlightenment and there's kind of this desire to just show that the Bible was highly rational, was, um, you know, defendable, that, that you, that, you know, you could, it's almost like a fear, like, like, like you could be reasonable and still have faith, which I think every Christian accepts, but I think there was this kind of cultural push in the academic world. And then from that, taking the Bible as like a literal document that everything is true and good. Cause if it's from God, mm-hmm. um, then it must be true in all things because we kind of took away the way that God operated within the human creation, like um, to bring about this book that we believe is wholly true and all of its teachings on his nature and salvation and life and what is to come in the kingdom. Um, and, and try to almost build it up too much in the sense of, you know, if one archaeological thing of the Jewish story is not accurate to secular history, then we all falls apart, which Everybody's telling a story, and we know that. Even even the even the idea of um, how battles went on, right? There there there's this um, kind of the history of some of, like the ancient battles of Egypt, and how one they they found a tablet of this one pharaoh who said that he decimated all the Israelites, right? Mm. Which we know is not true because they're still around, yes. right? Like, yes. and so the point was that like. Like, look, look at what we did to them, destroyed them, whatever. But the language is very similar to even some of the language in the Bible, right? Of, of how they destroyed the enemy and things like that. That it could actually be the way that God used, right? Mm-hmm. The cultural expressions and devices to communicate a message of his divine kingship. And that shouldn't make us crumble, right? So there was that kind of response. And then, and then as, as kind of the German Germans, you know, Love them, but the German the- theologians, I don't know, not so much. Uh, some of them are great, but a lot of them had this take on trying to be that essentially that you could be Christian without any of the the, the supernatural stuff and a very yeah. highly rationalized, yeah. not rational, but rationalized, almost humanist readings of the scripture uh, for many different reasons, you know, and, and, and you can see like the chinks in the armor start happening um, throughout kind of that 17th, 18th, 19th century and some of, some of the guys that are writing and um, I remember reading all these guys like in, in, in college and stuff and you're like like I don't even get why call yourself a Christian at that point like you're just this guy who believes in some Jewish rabbi that said some cool things and like you know who spiritually in the minds of the disciples raised from the dead like who cares about that crap it's dumb which is also why a lot of liberal churches don't end up flourishing because what's the point like why do I need to believe in this like dream resurrection of some Jewish guy like it doesn't make sense um but you see that that inkling begin to happen, and then what happens is that sort of infiltrates into the church, and you get this, you know, liberal theology and and orthodox theology, and them kind of accusing each other up, and then you start having the development of the social gospel and like you know Christian message really is just redemption of human condition, as in like poverty and, and liberation theology begins breaking up, and then you get people kind of pushing back saying no. That's not the gospel. The gospel is about like this heaven and hell salvation. And that out of that place comes a lot of the fundamental like um, traditional, I would say, 
not not even evangelical, but fundamentalist, like, you know, this is how we know we're the good ones. This is how we know we're the saved ones. This is how we know these things. Um, and from a very pure place of wanting to just be biblically, like, faithful, um, but over time can can come to this place. So I, th- I think that is a very loose, like, don't quote me on, like, timelines, but um, kind of story of how we, how a lot of the fundamentalism arrives. It was a reaction against a few different moves in the academic and cultural world um, that saw the desire both to be rational and faith-filled and then to be fun, to be faithful um, and yet relevant to life and um, which I think are both very good desires mm-hmm. obviously and so the question becomes where where are we also like making some of those same mistakes uh, which is hard to see in your cultural moment of course yeah it is but but that's kind of where where that comes out of and then evangelicalism actually started as a movement to be culturally relevant, to bring the gospel, the good news of Orthodox faith into a kind of culturally relevant way. Like the, the beginners of it in like the modern era, some have argued that it's gone back to like, I think it was John Wesley who first maybe said the term in one of his writings or something like that. But the modern expression of what we call evangelicalism and its purity started in uh, kind of the Billy Graham era where they started using, you know, the modern technologies and using the modern language and trying to reach the youth and the young people and, and things like that. Um, and that was what it usually originally meant to be an evangelical is that you were a culturally relevant, technologically progressive, orthodox Christian. Right. <laughs> um, that's what I understand, at least. Um, I'm sure someone might have a different opinion, but that's the history that I've, that I've learned. Um, and then from that place, it's now become, you know, in certain parts of the North American world, um, you know, it's become a, it's become a much wider net, we'll say, right? That that where evangelicalism kind of began, I would say, in this missional orthodoxy, it has come to mean someone. Originally, I would say, like, if you if you would ask someone, like, if you're an evangelical, what they were meaning was that I believe in the literal story of the Bible, like. God made it, sin destroyed it, Jesus came, death, resurrection for sin, virgin birth, incarnation, you know, coming, redemption, and and those kind of fundamental stories of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of like, if you're evangelical in the States, it's very messy with politics. If you're an evangelical in Canada, it's even kind of the same. Like, there is a kind of an overlap, because that was kind of the... Well, it, it seems actually a lot, like you were saying about reactionary theologies... It does feel yep. to me that increasingly evangelicalism is more defined by like what you're against than than what you're about than than what you're for. I would say that that is every theology today, right? Because even liberal theology is like I ain't those evangelicals, right? right. Well, what like, again? Yeah. Like, so I I don't want to I would never want to characterize a I, I would never want to stereotype. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I do. In, in the world Stereotypes of anti stereotyping, are very easy to form. With this kind of yes. evangelicalism, because technically, like we, like well, I know you might have, but like our theology is typically an evangelical, Protestant, progressive, Orthodox faith, right? Yeah. And so, would you say that you're you're an American Republican evangelical? Clearly not, right? Like clearly not. So I think we just got to be careful with that. But when this is what annoys me about the states, right? Is like it's the evangelical vote. Well, what the heck does that mean, 
right? That is basically like just lumping a group of people together who, you know, go to the same church and say, well, everyone here must be monolithic in their ideology. It's like, well, no, that's not true. So there's all, there's, there, there's a lot of like history and you can see it when you compare like places, right? Like the African church, the, the British church, the European church, like they don't deal with some of the same issues that we deal with. Yeah. Like this, something that that really got me fascinated about it was when NT writes, like we do, we, we we don't even argue about half the stuff that the Americans argue about, like you know about like creationism, like like they, they don't argue about that stuff. Like I'm sure there's some who do, but he says like his in his experience, like those things are just whatever. Well, it's other yeah, issues that they like have. Even right? so, I mean, evangelicalism isn't as big in England as like like okay, Christianity is not as big as in England. Period. But well, yeah, in Europe, it's well. It's starting to pick back up. Some have argued, right? Yeah, which is, cool. which, is, which is awesome. I hope. I mean, I hope it's picking back up. But like you know, England's been a traditional, traditionally Anglican territory. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's some Catholics there too, but like you know, more of that mainline liturgical kind of flavor of Christianity. And it does seem like those churches don't really, in general, like Catholic, Anglican, um, Lutheran, whatever, don't talk about. Uh, you know, creationism or the rapture or some of these. Um, okay. Not, not I, should, I keep talking about the rapture. I should say more just like end times stuff as outlined in the book of revelation. They don't get as obsessed about some of these things as it seems like the far more evangelical Americas tend to. Well, then, then you got to get into kind of also the, the streams, right? Like, like Calvinists, who consider himself evangelical in in that sense. Like some would, some wouldn't. It's right. kind of like a weird thing. Like right. Presbyterians probably wouldn't, but right. like John MacArthur would, would I, I was trying to say that we need to have a new term for evangelical because he was evangelical, but he's also heavily Calvinist. Right. Some I know some Calvinists are like, oh, I'm not evangelical for whatever. But anyways, usually they are what's called all millennial, where there is no like end times. There's no millennial. It's already happened. It's the beginning Christ. The strong man to be defeated is obviously Satan and blah, blah like so so they would not they would see Revelation as a as a guide, which I think I can I do agree with, like a guide to to faithfulness in in, in the heart of like persecution and different things that are going on. And obviously there are some future elements to it, but um they they would read it very differently than like a dispensational, you know, Baptist, you know, or a Pentecostal who, you know, um, would would grow up in in the kind of a tribulation theology or or even like and this is kind of cynical of me but even like you know a kind of far left charismatic prosperity person who wants to sell some books by discovering the secret code of the end times like it's become <laughs> or, a market. Or you could be like the bakers and sell some food on right? TV. Like 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 it is become a mar- It has become a market. It just just has like we can see that. And it sells well. Why? Because everyone wants to know when they're going to die. Like, like the the psychology of it is actually yeah. brilliant. Right? Like, it, like everyone yeah, yeah. wants to have that kind of control. So, let me read a book from a Christian guy. So it's not some weird, you know, spiritual voodoo crap. It's this Christian guy who studied the Bible and counted up the numbers, and he knows how many days. And Daniel said seven dots times seven. And what, like, like, and, and every time they're wrong, like it just it's happened throughout history. Right, because all of us want to control the end, right? Yeah, and and so like the psychology of it makes sense, and then you get again when when you've been mashing money and influence, and you know, unfortunately, kooky you know charismatics who believe the Lord spoke to them about the end times, which 
when Jesus says, you know, he doesn't even know the day, day or the hour. Like, why would you, why would I think God's going to tell me about it? But whole other story. So like the, the, the milieu of that um, branch, you know, it's explainable. It's understandable. It's not necessarily great, but you know, our job is to kind of always be reflecting theologically on myself. Like where, where am I like reacting, right? Where, where, where am I, you know, because I just think evangelicals kind of get a bad rap, yes. which like he's saying, I don't normally call myself an evangelical in public. Yeah. Cause I know what's associated with that. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I, I would, I would actually agree. And like, that's half the reason we talk about, a lot of the stuff we talk about yeah. on this program is because, like, we were trying to, like, we are re- reacting against a lot of it to some extent. Yeah, because it's so. like, I don't want to be, like, I don't want to be labeled. I'm such a millennial. But, like, yeah. I don't want want to be labeled into that. Um, But I don't want to deny the faithfulness, right? And that's, and that's the thing is the desire to be f- biblically accurate, right? To be honest, to be just, like, that stuff's all in evangelicalism. It's just going to get... The issue is... is The issue, I find, it is the commercialization and the politicalization of our good theology. Yeah. Right? And in those two veins, right? Like, we, have, we, we wrestle with the gods of money and power. Right? Like, like it, it's yeah. like, it's, it's, it's not... We're we're it's, worshiping at the altar of of false gods when we're when we're going in those directions. Yeah, like you know, it, it's interesting to me, right? Where Jesus says, you know, in his kingdom, you cannot serve two masters, right? You you can't commercialize this, right? You yeah. either love me or you love money. And in my kingdom, leaders are the servants of all, the slaves of all, right? The thing about power, but like like two major things on the human heart. And both of them kind of speak against to, again, every human, but like in our modern world, the kind of directions that, that this can go, um, you know, and and again, I would even say liberal theology is in the same thing for in different ways. Um, it's obviously politicalized its theology. I don't know if it's commercialized as much. It definitely is, is not making as much money, but um, you also can make a lot of money by not being those guys. And so some of mm-hmm. the famous you know, authors of the, you know, deconverted or the... The deconstructionists. The de- right, like Brian McClare and all them, like they make bank. Ex-evangelicals. Make some yeah. bank so they can do it. And I get, you know, it's a holy mission. We're trying to help people discover the real truth, which... That's so anyway. funny when people talk about... Disco- like, this is the thing, and we've talked about this before on another podcast. It's like everyone's trying to recover the, the pure, most authentic hmm. Christianity. And if you ask Richard Rohr... It's the Desert Fathers, which he doesn't name, that believe everyone's going to be, like, all shall be saved and it's universalist. Yeah. If you ask, like, you know, the the Lutherans, the, like the Reformation, uh, you know, Missouri Synod types, it's, you know, we got to go back to the only the scriptures and that's it. And then if you go back to, you ask the Catholics, it's, well, we're the original church. It's what we've always believed. And, and so, like, that is kind of at the heart, I think, of a lot of mature believers, um, pursuits, but mm-hmm. no, they definitely, like, so differently. It, well, and, and definitely it is, I hope that's the heart of any, like, that's where, like, when we talk about politics, even right, like we talk about how the ends should be the same for every Christian. We, we want to love people, do justice, like bring the king, like, and we, we, we might disagree on the societal means and political power that needs to happen for that to, to come about. 
same thing here. If our heart is that I really just want to see, know what Jesus meant, mm-hmm. you know, when he said the kingdom is at hand. I, I want to know what he meant when, you know, he, he said, you know, that, that don't worry about tomorrow, about clothes and things because you're, you're, like, you're more valuable than the sparrow and then you're dressed better and you're more beautiful than the flat. Like, God already knows. Where we want to, like, I want to know what he was trying to say when he said it's better to be thrown into hell. I mean, so, no, it's not. It's better to cut off your hand than be thrown into hell, right? That's a legit thing Jesus said, right? And so trying to get back to the purity of that, which is why, which is why, picking up on our last week's conversation about like genre and understanding the context, right? Understanding the nature of, you know, the kingdom of God as a theme in scripture and a theme in the gospels, I think it's just so important, right? That we rediscover mm-hmm. that a little bit. I know I sound very N.T. right right now because that's kind of his whole deal. Uh, but I think as I'm think as I think about it deeper and read more people and like the ideas of the substitutionary atonement of Christ for sin, the Christus Victor just like winning the battle against winning the battle against sin and freedom, the you know the idea that that he is ransoming us and rescuing us. Right, paying for our sin and setting us free, like to what? To live life as he intended us to live it, life to the full, John 10. Like seeing those things happen, I feel like if we could get back and understand the nature of God as, you know, king, us in his image, like again, it, it, like so my heart is to try to get to that pure orthodoxy, right? Which so yeah. as long as we're trying to get there, I think like we're yeah, friends. Yeah, I agree. I, right? I like, do think like everyone is at the end of the day, what's the point of all this? It's because we all want to know God better. Like I, I hope, I hope that's the goal of everybody. I mean, it, it is. Admittedly, it's very difficult for me to watch John MacArthur sometimes and think this guy doesn't just love hearing himself talk and just doesn't, just doesn't you know want to be the right one or the correct one. But I, you know, what? probably he just wants to know God better. He probably is just trying to do a faithful job of teaching the gospel, and that is, I need to humble myself a little bit, even as much as I disagree with him. And, well, you know, uh, it's when it's when Jesus said, right? Like, yeah. don't judge lest lest you be judged. Yeah. So, like, I can't know that man's heart. No. Nope. I know he wants. I believe wants to make much of the resurrected Christ, mm-hmm. and I I want to as well with him. And so, you know, it's just it's recognizing that we can be faithful yet wrong. Yes. Which is hard for people, right? Because I am obviously I'm wrong about something. Like obviously I don't believe. I obviously I hold my positions because I do believe they are the right ones. But there's certain mm-hmm. ones that have shifted and changed and certain things got to hold loosely. Like I don't, I will like, you know, in, in the scope of like theology, I'm never going to change my mind about the nature of Christ, the nature of the cross and resurrection. Like those things are to yes. me like fundamental. They're non-negotiables. They, those yeah, they are, define yeah. Christianity. Everything else is kind of like, okay, let's try to like, let's work this thing out. Like I do believe there is, there is, there would maybe be a, a heightened desire to really understand, you know, the nature of like the righteousness of God and what it means for salvation and life. Because Jesus talks about seek first the righteousness. Paul talks about giving like the righteousness of God in Christ. Like those themes, I think, are very important to try to get right. Um, but again, I think the grace of God is so good that what marks the believer is trusting and trying 
Yeah. Right. It's like it, it's 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 trusting Jesus with my life, saying God, like, and just trying my best to live out what what He said. And and obviously with that, we have we, yeah, you have to know what He said and try to live, live live it out. So like the absence of theology is never great. But like, do I believe that the simplest mind can understand the beauty of God's love? Well, I hope so. Right. And so it's like, yeah, you know, I I, I want to be faithful to to that and, and try to figure that out. Like being green in the faith doesn't mean you're less in like that's the beauty of grace right just because you don't know everything doesn't mean you're not in it just means you don't know everything yet and you got lots to to, to figure out and it's so true gotta, and there right yeah like to some extent i'm like the genesis the story of genesis going back to what we talked about last week yeah it's it's a very simple story like it's taught to children in sunday school and they understand it, and they they learn about God through that story. Mm-hmm. And yep. regardless of what what I think it ultimately means, as far as historicity and 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 science and and stuff like that, like it, it's a easy digestible gateway into to for children, like like I said, the simple faith to to know God, and even the story of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins is like, you know, I, I think that is historical. Like I, I read that as history, but well, that's what the gospels are. They're yes, ancient they are historical biography. accounts. <laughs> yeah, um, but but you know what I mean. Like they they are. I do think that you're right. It's beautiful because a simple fa- someone with a simple faith, um, reading it at face value, even can come to know God.